something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kurt Woodsmith. You remember me from such TV comedies as That 70s Show and That 90s Show on Netflix. I'll never forget the words that my grandfather said just before he kicked the bucket. He said, watch how far I can kick this bucket. People ask me where I get my dad jokes from. I tell them to listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Listen to Daily Dad Jokes every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brandu Bang and I in Rapport Stereo Podcast is here. Higgity Have No Fear. Museum quality podcasting coming live and direct on today's podcast. More from the very juicy, juicy Jesse Smollett case. Plus, what to watch, what not to watch with movies coming up for this holiday season. And what the is Madonna doing on her Instagram? All that morning, Brandu Banging. I am Rapport Stereo Podcast with the young shooter. Coming up right now, Miles Jordan, a.k.a. the Bleach Brothers, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers. Start this puppy off with something real nice. Start this puppy off with something real loud. But most importantly, start this puppy off with something real funky. It's the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Let's fucking go. Thank you to ExpressVPN for supporting the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Protect yourself and stop handing your personal data to ISPSs and other tech giants who mine your activity and sell off your information. Visit expressvpn.com slash Rappaport, expressvpn slash Rappaport, and you could get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Protect yourself and all your information. All right. Check, check. All right, we're good. Okay. We're good. Now, I'm going to tell you something, Dean. I, I, I know you, you mentioned twice that you were just in bed 10 minutes ago. I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I, I, don't well, I just c- thought I'd let you know that I got dressed and 
Like I'm, I'm preparing for a podcast. Like I could have done this from my bed, but I have a backdrop. I have a light. Like I'm showing you that I'm dedicated to the podcast. Great. As you should be. It's not only should you be dedicated to the podcast, you should spring. You should spring out of bed knowing that you're going to be recording the Iron Rap Port Stereo podcast. It shouldn't be like, oh, I just got out of bed 10 minutes ago, guys. And guys should be like, like everybody should be like, oh, okay, well, we'll, we'll go slow because, because Dean just, just got out of bed 10 minutes ago. No one, what would Kobe say? Honestly, don't bring Kobe into this, what, man. What, no, but what would Kobe say? What would Kobe say? He would say you should have started getting ready at four in the morning for Michael's podcast. Right. So, but, but I have to tell you, like, this is my, what, 500th appearance on this podcast. Like I'm not on the Barack Obama's podcast where I had to like really get myself pampered. Like I rolled out of bed. My man, like, my man, my man, just, just be humble and happy that you're on the I am rap. I am. I am. I don't care that like, you just got out of bed 10 minutes goes to point. I don't okay, care. So you got your hat on. I see you got your hat on, right? You're on your succession. I see. Are you ready? Are you? The question is, are you ready to go? Not even ready to go. I don't have to ask you if you're ready to go. Boom. Yes. <clears throat> Brand new bang and I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is here. Higgity, have no fear. The I am Rappaport Stereo Podcast is in Sukasa. The name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. the Sultan of Sniff, a.k.a. The Dapper Dingo, a.k.a. the Inflamed Ashkenazi, a.k.a. the King of Kashmir, a.k.a. the Jewish James Dean. And you are now rocking with the very, very best, the I Am Rapport Stereo Podcast, coming live and direct, the world's most disruptive podcast. Welcome to the, the Zone of Disruption, the Iron Diggity Dome of Disruption. I have him here with me. The young shooter, Dean Collins, fresh out of bed, 12 minutes ago to record this. Coming to the end of the year, I am Rapport Stereo Podcast. I always like I always like my guest co-hosts to just roll out of bed so I know that they're up and at them. Uh, we covered that the first 17 minutes of the show, and maybe we'll just, I don't know, you got more to talk about being out of bed? Dave's sipping on, coffee. On the, Dust Brothers okay. are, the Dust Brothers have been up doing God knows what. Dude, I didn't know we were recording when I said I just got out of bed, and you don't have to bring that up. But like, I'm dressed, I'm I'm presentable. I didn't realize that we on? were recording. Do you have pants on? Yes, of course I have pants on. They're sweatpants, but I have something on. Absolutely. Okay. I wouldn't disrespect you like that. Because Dave's already confused, and he doesn't want to know what. Listen, but I listen. I see that you have a lot of new clothing you going see on. What, you see what's popping. You You're more excited, I think, yes, than anybody champ. else is. Yes, champ. To quote the great Shannon the Cannon Briggs, you see the cashmere, the king of cashmere, just something light. You see the cashmere scarf, something light. Boom. Dave, pull up that picture of me on the street today looking like the Jewish James Dean. That's what they're, okay. that's what they're calling me when I'm out on those streets. Yo, New York is so crazy because I, full transparency, I got into a little spat again with my wife because my wife does many, many, many things that are fantastic, let alone deal with me. And I said, babe, while we were on the train, I said, yo, snap a pic of me. She snapped this less 
less than average photograph of me. And she's like, that, and we're getting a little spat. I'm like, yo, why don't you just listen to the subject? She said, listen to the photographer. I said, but the subject's not happy with the photograph. And then we got into a whole thing about she's never going to take photos of me again. And I said, fine. So she went into a store and I ran into this guy at Chino Visions on Instagram. Nice guy, shoots all the stuff for New York. He said, yo, can I take a photo of you? I said, yes. I said, I wish my wife was here. You could take photos of both of us. Anyway, he took a beautiful photo of me. You, you see it up there. P pull that up there, Dave. Look at me. That's row down. I'm row down, cashmere to the, below the knees, on the streets. That's Shannon the Cannon. Let's go, champ. Let's go, champ. And, and I FaceTimed you earlier when I was rocking that outfit in the street. I said, you see it, and then you said what? You said what? Well, listen, because I'm, I gotta, I haven't told you this like off camera and all that stuff, but like it's, it's time for me to really be transparent with you. I'm all about the way that you know you're upgrading your style. I think it's great. I don't want to rain on your parade. I think it's great. I think the jacket was great. I think the cashmere is great. But this is not month. to mention being in. in let, let, let me let me let me finish. Okay, but let me not, finish. To, because but not you to mention talking. being in GQ and being okay, quoted I, as the king of cashmere. Not to mention this that. Is, okay, this is what I'm talking about. Okay. We're on month three now. I think I was in New York and we were doing the podcast and we were talking about how you were in GQ, you're the king of cashmere. My point is, every time that you FaceTime me and you're wearing a jacket or you're wearing a scarf, you don't need to say, you see it, you see me, look at the cashmere, look at the jacket, wait for people to say, oh dude, that's a dope jacket because then it just ruins the whole thing. Like, you're talking about humbling yourself, right? Nah, not, I with, think it's not great, with that but cashmere. Now, not with that cashmere. Nothing, nothing humble about that. I want to tell you something. I had the fourth person today on God, on God, Bible, as they say, on God. Fourth person, a doorman, said, nice jacket. So I'm, I'm just not saying, doubting it. And I'm keeping I, I'm not tabs. doubting it, but this is what I'm talking about. I'm sorry, I think it's I'm great. sorry. What do you mean I'm not, I'm not doubting it? Are some people doubting it? Oh, absolutely. I think a lot of people are doubting it. I mean, look, just because you posted a photo of you in a jacket doesn't mean the whole world has stopped and is looking at you. And and you know what? All these all these pictures of you, I think all. they're great. It says a There's few. so many of them. There's so many of them and you post them and you're zooming in on your shoes and it's like <sighs> let someone let a paparazzi take the take the photo. We they don't need to, and you're doing this I, and you're doing hold on and you're doing this face too. I don't know what it is, but you got this like influencer face every time you take these fucking pictures. You see you're it. like pouting your lips. You I, see this it. is what I'm talking about. I see it, but it's like I don't want to see it. You know what I mean? I'm sick of seeing it. I I I think it's great, but it's like we're month three now into this shit. And, you know, I don't need to just, you're shoving it down my throat here. I, I, I will be honest. Full no, Bruno. Full, full transparency, since we're going full transparency, paparazzi caught me in this outfit today. So we might see that outfit from paparazzi um, on the streets because paparazzi's out in Soho all the time. And they caught me today. I said, yo, you get a good one? He said, how could I not? Yo. I, I, I Yo. hope that he got one of your wife taking Yo. it of you. That would be sick. Yo, he said, how could I not? So I'm saying to you, man, you see it here. You're I just don't want your head parade. to get swole, bro. I just don't want you to turn into like one of these, you know, Kim Kardashian type of people where it's like you're just constantly taking selfies in the mirror. Like, nah, I, I get I, it. I hate myself too much. But when I'm out there, look, I told my wife, she said the same thing pretty much. I said, babe, I could go back to just 
the North Face jacket that I got in 2009, the black New Balances and the dad jeans in a, in a boom. I could do that. She said, well, you're only hurting yourself. I said, okay. So when I'm out feeling good, and this is good for somebody at my age to be like, yo, motherfuckers are complimenting me when I walked up. Dudes, let alone what the women are probably thinking. They're probably like, God damn it. Is that the Jewish James Dean? And I'm like, yeah, it's me. Happy Hanukkah. Well, do I have to change to be in front of you now? Like, I feel like my sweatshirt isn't isn't enough. Like, no, I don't judge anybody else's shit. I, I'm not at. I'm oh not, no, you do because I brought a ten, trench coat and you didn't. You didn't let me live that I, down. Like, I wasn't. I, I, I was wasn't. I wasn't where I'm at. The last time on the podcast. The last. Do I need to put my jacket on right now? No, please don't. I've seen the jacket. I've seen it. We've all seen it. Pull the photo up again, Dave. Oh, God. See me out there looking like that, looking, looking ridiculous, looking fantastic. Anyway, anyway, I um, think it's great. I think that you, you should be Dean. happy. Thank I, you very much. Let's move on. We don't have to talk about. Uh, listen, the clothes don't make the man. The man makes the clothes. Whatever it is. <laughs> uh, but but you seem a little bit. Um, how do I put it? Antsy today. Do what, I? what do you got going on? I know yesterday you said you had to put on your, your tux. You had an audition to play a, a, a limo driver. What were you doing yesterday? <laughs> you know, Everybody likes to hear about your auditions. People don't know do the they, life of an actor. You know, I don't think it's been properly documented. In a, has there been a film really about the life of an actor in the modern day? Oh, I has don't know. Been? It sounds insufferable to me, but... I think but, people, I think the real world would be like, oh, because they're like Hollywood pedophiles, baby eaters, yeah, you know, and all this yeah. crazy shit, and Tom Cruise, and da-da-da-da-da. I think if they really knew what it was like for 95% of what it's like to be an actor, I think that they would be like, they'd have a different understanding of it. I told you to make that short film. I know, I know. Well, look, it's it's fun to be an actor and to dress up and, and you know, the auditions come through and you got to wear different things, right? But, you know, in in the day and age of COVID and all this shit, you've had to do a lot of this stuff in your apartment and you're not doing in-person auditions, which, which makes it a lot more interesting and kind of more fun and relaxing because you can go... Uh, at your own pace and you don't and the nerves are kind of out the window so you know we talked last I think last week I auditioned for an elf and you know I get I I'm see that's the thing I'm not auditioning for people that are like the good looking James Dean type the hiker the masculine guy I get elf I get butler I get limo driver I don't know what that is I'm seeing a pattern but um yeah so today so yesterday I auditioned for a um huh. um uh oh. caterer a caterer employee, so I had a bow tie, and they were real. I was on Zoom, and they were really impressed. It was a callback, and uh, they said thank you so much for for busting out the bow tie and the vest and everything. And then last night, I got a self tape to play a butler, a butler's butler. Uh, there's like a, a butler, and he has an assistant that's a butler. You were the assistant so, butler, junior butler. So uh, I was butler in training. <laughs> I was the junior butler. Yeah, butler in training. So I had to uh, have a towel wrapped around my arm and uh, like a little tray with a with a coffee mug, and I and I busted out the bow tie Who and the, the fuck vest. Are these casting people, you should be. You're, you're gonna have your break. I know it sucks. Everybody says it, I, I, and I know everybody listening to the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast is a fan of the Young Shooter. Dave's a fan of the Young Shooter. Um, the listeners are. You're gonna have your breakout role because. I usually like to fucking stuff you down during the podcast. But, yes. 
but but since it's uh, just a couple of days past Hanukkah, we're heading into Christmas slash Kwanzaa of the New Year. I just know how talented and how funny you are. And I didn't even see you in that butler costume. Oh, thank you, man. You would have loved to see me. I mean, I texted you. That's the thing. I texted you last night and I said, hey, I'm, I'm doing a second audition where I have to put the butler uniform on. And I'm getting my bow tie and vest out. And you said, K. And, and it kind of hurt my feelings because it it's didn't sound like you were- PM. Well, it just didn't sound like you were as excited as as I thought maybe. I was other in bed, my man. You 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 knew that it was because I know what you were you were inviting me to maybe z- like IG live, and I was gonna no no no. I just wanted you to see it. I you know. What I tried do you to think of this? You. Let's think about this. The next time we podcast, would you consider oh an entire podcast in the Butler outfit, or at least part of the out podcast in the Butler oh. outfit? I mean, if if you waited, I would go do it right now. I mean, I'm so proud of that. Twenty five DMs. To me, although I cannot respond. Yes. Or maybe soon. when this your, your podcast drops, maybe I'll be off suspension. 25 DMs saying, please have <laughs> Dean or Young Shooter, would you please do one of the next podcasts in a butler, in your butler outfit? All we need is 25 of them. We'll do it. I'm I'm so down. I would love to put the bow tie on. I feel good. It's like you feel good in the row coat. You feel good in your cashmere. Exactly. I feel good in a butler's uniform. So, so when you're in your butler's uniform, if I started going, okay, who cares about your butler uniform? I know you'd have a little bit of pep in your step. That's why like when you get out of bed today and you don't have your, maybe you, sh- you should have put that butler's uniform on today. I think it would have changed my my mentality. But look, I mean, we're not talking about the butler's outfit three months later. You know what I mean? Like, that's the no, first but, time. No, but so. you'd still have that. If you still had that pep in your step, You're right. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't shit on you. You're right. Okay? I apologize. I apologize. I, I Look, I think I'll be a different person with the butler's outfit on. Next podcast we do... I'm gonna whip it out, and uh, I, I do feel good in it. And you're I understand because no, you're gonna whip it out. No, no, Bruno. No, Bruno. I understand what you're saying. I wanted you. You're gonna whip it out. No, no Bruno. Bruno. Right. I understand what you're saying. Okay. Because I said I don't want to shove it down your throat. No, Bruno, and and I don't want to whip it out. No, Bruno. Now, now we mentioned um, my black New Balances. Dave, pull the picture up that I sent you of the. This is really frustrating. Really frustrating. The Rich Paul. Rich Paul, the agent to LeBron James and many other basketball players, has a signature New Balance sneaker. Now, I'm always going to wear New Balance at because they are comfortable and they're stylish. I've been talking about New Balance sneakers for damn near th- shit ever since the podcast, but I- I've been rocking them for years. Fife Dog shouted out New Balance sneakers in 93. Other rappers shouted out New Balance 93, 94, 95. No one cared. Larry David, New Balances. Motherfuckers have been rocking New Balances. And you decide to make a signature rich Paul New Balance sneaker, and it's a dope looking sneaker if you if you like that style. But I'm thinking, as who wants a New Balance sneaker that says Rich Paul on it? Why doesn't New Balance make a Fife Dog commemorative New Balance sneaker or some homage to hip hop when no when New Balance wasn't with the quote unquote culture when New Balance wasn't changing their styles, flipping their styles? People like Fife Dog, people like myself, hip hop was holding down New Balances. And now you make a fucking signature Rich Paul sneaker 
That's why I'm glad I'm on this Jordan shit. That's why I'm, not, I'm glad that I'm not just fully dependent to the New Balance shit because to me, that's disrespectful. Who's going to be like, yo, I, I need to get them Rich Paul sneakers? I mean, they look good, but who really wants to have, like, to have your name on a sneaker, you got to be like a dude, not a fucking agent to LeBron James. Do, do you understand what I'm saying, Shooter? I, I mean, I just found out who Rich Paul was from you just saying it right now. I had no idea who that was. I thought you were talking about Chris Paul, to be honest with you. But I think that if anybody has their name on a sneaker, on a New Balance sneaker, like you said, the top, the number one, the top person on that list has to be Larry David because he goes against the culture. It's not someone you would expect to be rocking those. And and I mean, he's but he's had he's been rocking those for years. People and have I would been buy doing those. that. Or the five I would dogs. buy the Larry I, I, I wear my New Balance sneakers so I something narrow path da, 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 to da, da, avoid da. a narrow path. To what? To avoid an hour path. To, da, da, to, da, da, to fire it in their ass. I mean, do a, do a Fife sneaker. You know how much that would mean to his family and to the fans? Do a New Balance Fife commemorative sneaker. That would be, listen, better way late than never. But I know I know that the fans and his family would love that. Doing rich. I wear New Balance sneakers to avoid a narrow path. Put a number in your ass. I'm not good with lyrics. Anyway, you directed the Tribe Called Quest documentary. I feel like you should know the lyric. And you know what? At the time, I knew all the lyrics, and then they left, and they'll, they'll start coming back because. Okay. Before I get so into. So, what's been up with you, man? Well, I, there, another thing I wanted to ask you about did you see the photograph? There's been a lot, of, a lot of controversy. I've talked about her, the material girl herself. Um,. Madonna posted some photographs on Instagram, a photo shoot. Um, and there's been a lot of discussion on Instagram. Uh, her and 50 Cent, the rapper slash producer slash mogul got into it about her photos. And I, I did you see the photo, the photo shoot, and particularly the one photo, pull it up, Dave, of Madonna. I don't know if she's like, looking for something under the bed or she lost her remote control or maybe like, you know, like a quarter rolled under the bed, you know, like, Oh, where is it? I don't know. It must be under there. Maybe she's got a cat. Where's the cat? I don't know. The cat's under the bed or did you see these photographs? Of course I saw that. I saw the uncensored versions of them right when they came out uh, with her topless. And then Instagram took it down. And so she had to, you know, put some emojis over her tits and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but I did see her under the bed. I think the fishnets look great. You know what? I think she's getting a lot of flack from it. And I think a lot of people are talking about it and 50 Cent's making fun of her. I think a lot of people are making fun of her. I think it's it's uh, ageism. I think because she's 63. And I have to say, I'm starting to realize, like, I think I like older women. Like, I would love to to take Madonna out as well. Like, people are like, ooh, kooky Madonna. She She's, you know, doing like a virgin at 63. I'm like, Madonna, I think it's great. Do the photo shoots. Um... I'll be your photographer. I'll be your photographer. I will do it for you. I would love to go out with her. But but if you were shooting Madonna and she was like, wait, I'm going to stick my head underneath the fucking bed to where like I could maybe sprain a back muscle or like fuck with a vertebrae. Would you be like, yeah, you look great with your with your head stuffed under the bed? Or are you like, yo, are you looking for something or is somebody coming in the house and we need to hide and I should stop taking photos? Because here's my thing about Madonna. It's not the ageism. If you're of a certain age and I'm one of them, 
the authentic sexuality that Madonna brought along with her great music, her dancing, and her just charisma, for her to sort of, it feels like she's trying to recreate herself in her 20s. Like she's so Botoxed up and so plastic surgeoned up and the photos are so filtered and they're so heavily made up for me. And I know nobody should tell anybody how to make them feel or what makes them feel good about themselves. Trust me, I know that I'm not fucking Paul Newman, but I think it's disappointing for me as a fan. And I was a huge fan of Madonna's to see her like be the sexy person your age. Like, I'm not saying don't do a little work. Everybody's entitled to do a little work, uh, filter here, change stuff there, stay in shape. But I think it's because she was so natural when she first came out. Get into the groove, boy, you have to suit what you need. Everybody, come on, dance and sing. Everybody, get up and do your thing. Like, so to see her like this, I think I could see why 50 Cent would be like, yo, you're Madonna. Like, don't try so hard. That's, I think, the thing is it's don't try so hard. But this is the trend. This is how I feel. I mean, this is how I feel about Will Smith. I think it's like an Instagram problem. I think it's like yeah. you're talking too much problem and you're too public. It's like Will Smith, you're talking about uh, Jada and how, you know, you're he's talking about how he used to have sex. And after he would bust off, after he would skeet, 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 he would throw up. I don't, I don't want to know that, my man. I don't, I don't give a fuck what kind of book you're writing. And I fuck with Will Smith. He's the, f but my That's man, what I'm saying. Like, These yo, people I, are iconic. Yeah, man. Like, take a page out of Cher's playbook or something. Like, we, you know, she's she's got this allure and mystery about her. Like, I don't know what Cher's doing right now, but she's iconic. Like, I, I think the problem is just Instagram and social media. It's like, fuck, some people just should not have it. It's And it's it brings out mental illness. And maybe these people are mentally ill. And you know what? If she is mentally ill, I wouldn't mind taking care of her. Okay. Okay. That's all I'm saying, man. Okay. Like, okay, Dave, you see it? Did, yo, Okay, no. Um, no problem with that. So, so you're saying right now, would you like to say something directly to Madonna? Because this is the platform. She listens. Of course. I, well, I would just want to say I've been following you. You know, I think Vogue came out in 1990. And I, I think that I, I think that was the song of the month when I was born. So I kind of like was born into Madonna. Um, and I grew up with Madonna and... Um, I'm just such a big fan of hers, and I would take pictures of her uh, looking for car keys underneath her bed or uh, uncensored photos. And if she wants me to take her to the plastic surgeon's office, I would I would be happy to do it. And I would not post about it or give her like the side eye or question her. I'd be like, "Look, you're Madonna. You're 63. You're a grown woman. If this is what you want to do, this is what you want to do." And I'd take her to Dave and Buster's. I'll take her wherever she wants to go. I, I got a place in Joshua Tree that would be cool. We can get away from the Yo, that would from be the media. Fucking insane if you. You and Madonna were dating. What and if you I and was? Were what if escaping? I was dating Madonna? Oh man, that would be sick. That would so be sick. sick. That would be ill. Like yo, who yo? would be like yo. I'm, I'm gonna let you guys know. I'm bringing my girlfriend to the to the party. Madonna, like, and you show up with Madonna. 
That's way cooler than Kim Kardashian, in my opinion. Like, fuck Pete Davidson and Kim K. And did you see Did you see Pete Davidson and uh, Machine Gun Kelly doing their underwear ads? Yo, looking like straight fucking yahoos. Straight, look like what straight is- fucking dummies. Look at looking straight stupid. You know what? You know what's the crazy thing is Calvin Klein underwear was so desperate to to get some attention. They had these dudes, and you. The thing about Pete Davidson that that I don't like, he always seems like he doesn't want to be there, but they keep paying him to show up. And I'm like, yo, have some appreciation that you're. Like, first of all, that model campaign, Marky Mark, at the time was. Yo, but when Marky Mark came out in the Calvins with Kate Moss, it was a fucking pop. You don't understand because you weren't there. It was a pop culture moment. And I've seen the pictures. These dudes are up there eating popcorn, doing all this goofy shit. Like, and, and like they're just collecting a check. Like, why doesn't Calvin Klein have you and me up there? And we'll do it with some respect. I'll flash the Calvin Kleins. Yo, I'll be like making that face, that duck lip face. I'm not going to belittle what they brought me there to do. I'd get a little spray tan. I know you'd be at the gym. I Yeah, but you know, it's like, uh, we wouldn't make a mockery of it. They like made these a mockery two are. Like, of it. I'd throw popcorn and let you catch it Fuck and all that popcorn. stuff. Like, I'd be like, yo, you want to see the flex? You want to see the loaf? I'd unfold. Like, you, I'd show you what you want to see in the underwear. That and MGK, just- I, there was there was no pee-pee to be seen in that. I mean, I, My I man wasn't looked like, like, a, like a Ken doll. My man looked like a, he got that Ken doll dick. But we didn't see. Yeah, he had that Kendall dick. He had that Kendall dick. He had that yeah. GI Joe dick. You ever, you ever uh, have GI Joe when you were a kid? You unstrip him. He got no dick. He had that GI That's Joe. What it, we call that dick not found. DNF. Dick. DNF. Dick not found. Machine Gun we, Kelly had that DNF, and Machine Gun Kelly also just. And I'm sure I know Machine Gun Kelly, just like Pete Davidson, just like everybody. 99.9% of the people that I've come across in Hollywood, except for Mel Gibson, you could eat a dick. I got to be honest, if you had to choose one right now, they give you a starring role and you have to choose one. You, you don't get to turn down both. You have to star in a movie from Mel Gibson or you have to star in a movie that Woody Allen's directing. It's a Mel Gibson written and directed by Mel Gibson or it's a Woody Allen written and directed by Woody Allen. It's, it's so easy. I, I have to go with Mel Gibson because there's not a documentary right now against Mel Gibson. Somehow he, he slipped through the cracks, Fuck but there's Mel no Gibson. HBO special. I agree with you, but I'm just saying Woody Allen, you know, and I know you did a couple movies with the guy, but... there's the, I, That documentary was... But there's still like... They investigated him top to bottom, and I watched the, the documentary, and it was disturbing. And I'm not discrediting the allegations. It's just a question I'm throwing out there. You'd say Mel Gibson, that Jew hating. You would know that every day when he says, action, cut, great job. He's really like, great job, you Jew, fuck you. Well, I just think we should bring back the Oksana tapes. Is that who it was, Oksana? His girl, what was her name? Miles Jordan, play the Oksana tapes. I don't work around in tight clothes. I stay at home for most of the time. You look like a public and it's a fucking embarrassment to me. You look like a fucking bitch on heat. And if you get raped by a pack of niggers, it'll be your fault. All right? Because you provoked it. You are provocatively dressed all the time with your fake boobs. You feel you have to show up. I don't like it. I don't want that woman. I don't want you. I don't believe you anymore. I don't trust you. I don't love you. What do you think of those? I, I mean, yo. I think, 
I think the world needs to hear that again, man. I mean, yeah, people we just forget about it again. that. Is this dude's a shitbag? He's well. He was he's a shitbag shit when bag. he called the girl sugar tits and how he, you know, he hates the Jews and you know his father doesn't believe that the Holocaust. Is his happened. father alive? Probably not, because Mel Gibson's old. Probably not, but it's if his father Holocaust doesn't believe, denying fuck. And you know that kind of rubbed off on his son, I'm sure. He got when a Mel son. Gibson, well, senior oh, Gibson. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, and when Mel Gibson gets drunk, a lot of that inner uh, Jew hate comes out. No shit. Let me ask you something. You ever uh, look at something online that you don't want other people to know that you're looking at? You know what I'm talking about? Maybe a surprise gift for a loved one or maybe, uh, you know, something uh, a little bit more uh, insidious. You know what I'm talking about? To prevent ISPS is from seeing your internet activity, okay? What I do, I protect all my devices because every now and then I like to look at something like a gift or something, uh, as I said, a little bit more uh, insidious. I protect myself on all my devices with ExpressVPN, and you should too. With all the things to buy and sell, plus the public Wi-Fis you use, do not get hacked and fall through the cracks, people. What is ExpressVPN? It's a simple app for your computer, your smartphone that encrypts all your network data and tunnels it through a secure VPN service so that your ISP cannot see your activity. Sadly, the list of people you've messaged, okay? You know what I'm talking about. The sites you visited, you know what I'm talking about. The videos you've watched, you know what I'm talking about. They get tracked by tech giants who want all your information for private and who knows what else. That's the reason I recommend ExpressVPN as the best way to hide your online activity from your ISP. You just download the app, tap one button on your device, and boom, you're protected. Stop handing your information data to ISPs and other tech giants who mine your activity and sell off your information. Visit expressvpn.com/rapaport expressvpn.com/rapaport to get 3 months free and protect yourself at all times. Go to expressvpn.com/rapaport right now to learn more. What else is going on with you? What else what else have you seen? Have did you did you see is that Leonardo DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence movie out yet? What is it? Don't look up. Yeah, that's not out yet, but um, that's not out yet. I've se- I've been watching a lot of stuff actually. I-, I watched the whole Beatles Get Back documentary. What's There's, your takeaway? You know, it's incredible. I mean, you have to be a Beatles fan. I mean, how look? How can you not be a Beatles fan? But to see them in such an intimate um, setting and them coming up with some of the greatest songs of all time and that's the thing about them that that's the one thing about this documentary is like these guys were going through so many personal and creative differences between each other they were really at the end of their rope you know it was at the very end of the beatles career george martin had died or not george martin um brian epstein their manager had died and paul mccartney kind of had to take on that manager role which i think really had them all butting heads. There's so much tension between George and Paul, and there's all these things within the documentary. But what's crazy is you'd think that, you know, with a band, when there's all this tension, the product probably isn't going to be that great. Whatever they're creating is probably not going to be that great when there's a lot of creative and personal differences. But they came out with Let It Be, that album from top to bottom, 
is so fucking iconic yeah. and so great. And it didn't affect the music. Like none of that tension, none of that stuff affected the music. And to see them, I mean, George quits in the middle of the thing. And uh, it, it's kind of like the 96, concert. the 96 Bulls. It had a little bit of a last dance vibe to it in terms of the tension between. Uh, uh, but it's like, uh, uh, you know, sometimes steel sharpens steel. And, you know, when you get on that court or when you get behind those instruments and you're able to perform the way they and the talent level of them and the timing and all that stuff. It's I, it's insane. But, you know, Yoko sitting right next to him throughout everything was really like painful. Doing tarot cards. Like, what is Yoko doing? She's knitting. She's reading newspapers. She's doing tarot cards. And then she she gets up on the mic during rehearsal and she's doing that. Hey. Yoko, Ooh. check this out. I, can you can you go get like I don't know? Is there a Starbucks? Can you go get a coffee for the band? Okay. Just the, get the guys want to like, like hey Paul, you want something? Uh, Ringo, George, you guys, anybody want something? Because you're making me nervous sitting here, creeping right. around. Like what the fuck are you doing here, Yoko? Go go yeah, to the Starbucks. Baby, we're 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 coming up with uh, some iconic shit right You've now. You've been like, sitting here for four hours. Don't you got something to do? Don't you want to go, go do something? You got a friend you want to go see? Like you could leave for a half hour, 45 minutes. Oh no, no, she won't do no, that. No, she's up there. Like, I don't know, doing magic tricks. Like, I don't know what she's doing. The, what is she doing? But the other wives are in like a whole other room. So I just, I didn't understand go, go, that. I mean, but. just, I'm saying go with the other wives, come sit down, but you don't have to be here the whole time. Because even when, when, when John's not there, sometimes she's there. Oh yeah, she's singing, and are then the and then Paul's daughter starts mocking her. Are you the school her. teacher? Like, are you the whole monitor? Like, what the fuck are you doing here, lady? And I think everyone thinks that she broke up the band, no. but it's like it's a big misconception. I mean, I'm sure that played a part of it, but you know, they were all like ready to go their separate ways. It's and like they, the '96 Bulls. At a certain point, things just whatever the forces are, they come to an end. I haven't finished it yet. Uh, um, you encouraged me to watch something that brought back memories from my childhood because I remember watching these documentaries on HBO yep. at a time when there was no, I didn't think there was showtime. There, there was, there was nothing. HBO was king, but the, there's a documentary on HBO called, what is it called? The documentary is called life of crime, 1984 to 2020 about a trio, two guys and a girl who are doing like petty theft robberies out in New Jersey. And it goes from them doing petty theft, like this documentary filmmaker follows them like robbing stores and like having fun robbing stores. Literally, not, not with gun robbing, like shoplifting. Shoplifting, the, the, shoplifting. The documentary opens in Newark, New Jersey, which just the backdrop of Newark in 1984, the cars, the stores, the texture of Newark, the fucking, just the way it looked was a trip. And just to tell people who have never seen it, in 1984, Life of Crime came out on HBO. And I remember watching it in my father's apartment, in my bedroom, like, you know, you again, you, you didn't know when it would be on, how it would come on. You'd catch a part here or catch a part there. And it was so like, what is this? What is this? Like, this is insane. And he kept filming because it was Life of Crime Part 2. But then over the last, I think, I don't know, 20 years mm -hmm. since, the, la for, since the, the last Life of Crime, he kept filming these people. And it is such brilliant filmmaking. And it's so just noir cinema verite filmmaking. There's no confessionals. There's no sit-down interviews. It's all happening 
in in the real time, in the real space, in the real place. And I'm going to tell you, if you there are there are moments that are graphic, there are moments that are disturbing. Um, but and then for some people it might be too much because it's so it's about the, a life of crime and it's really about drug addiction. How, how, yeah, it's it's less about it's less about a life of crime and more about people with really, really terrible drug addictions that are going in and out of prison and they have kids and how it affects their families and and, the, so and that good. there's no resources for these people and how fucked the you know criminal justice system is and um and it is so it really is so disturbing but it's such it really is a must watch. Yeah, I told a, a lot watch. of my friends about it and they haven't they don't have the stomach for it and all that kind of stuff. But it's really devastating and but it's important. And you you know what I just remembered? The movie that I've mentioned a few times on the podcast, it's um Edie Falco's first film. It's called Laws of Gravity, directed mm -hmm. by Nick Gomez, who I worked with, who I love him as a filmmaker. He directed New Jersey Drive, which was also a dope movie. He was very, very inspired. Um, in that movie, Laws of Gravity, which I don't know where you could find it, but it's Edie Falco's first movie, Peter Green, the actor who you recognize from other stuff and some other actors you've never seen before, some act some other actors that popped up in other stuff, but it's a dope, true blue New York film that took place in Williamsburg pre-gentrification. And his, his movie, Laws of Gravity, was very visually inspired by Life of Crime. Uh, down to the sunglasses, to just the, the handheld camera, which at the time became a whole new thing. And I remember that TV show Homicide um, on Channel 4, um, which took place in Baltimore, which was ahead of its time, which also inspired The Wire, um, was also uh, heavily inspired by Life of Crime uh, and A Laws of Gravity. Anyway, Life of Crime, 1984 to 2020 on HBO is excellent. It, it really is. I think you were the most affected by it from everyone that I've told, but I was, I, I can't stop thinking about it. It really affected me. That was incredible. That was an incredible doc. Um, I watched another incredible doc uh, on Netflix yesterday, I think called 14 Summits about uh, a guy from Nepal who climbs all oh, 14 shit. of the highest mountains. Um, like the record I think is, you know, to climb the summits is in like seven or eight years or 12 years or something. And he does it in seven months and he goes and, and it's, it's pretty unbelievable. That's really good. I saw a movie also where, where on Netflix. You, where can it's you watch that? Netflix, 14 okay. summits, I think it's called. And, uh, and what was the another, other film on Netflix you watched about the, the dogs and the, uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the horses. The, uh, no, the other, the other is it um, horses and dogs. The, What's it called? The other, the, the, the dog, other movie the, the on life Netflix. Of dogs? Is, no, it's called Power of the Dog. Power of the and Dogs. So, what is it about? Like dogs, like in the ASPCA film? Well, it's about a domineering rancher who responds with mocking cruelty when his brother brings home a new wife and her son until the unexpected comes to pass. It's a Jane Campion film. She's a director. She did the movie The Piano, and it stars Benedict Cumberbatch. He's as good. The He's the domineering rancher. His brother is played by Jesse Plemons. He's good too. Jesse Plemons great. is a kid from. He was from um, Breaking Bad. He was in The Irishman. He's Black got, Mirror. He, he's been in a bunch of shit. He's got a face only her mother could love. But he's a very he's very, great man. Very he's good he's actor. a great actor. Really good actor. And he's married to Kirsten Dunst, who plays, who's also in the movie and plays his wife in the movie. Who uh, 
you know, gets all the mocking cruelty when she brings her brother or her son or whatever. It's a really good movie. It's kind of a slow burn. Johnny Greenwood does the score and he's Who the, the fuck uh, is Johnny gu- Greenwood. He's the lead guitarist of Radiohead and he also scored There Will Be Blood. He's oh. an incredible, incredible composer. It's got a very There Will all Be right, Blood I'm feel gonna watch to it. Because you said to me, uh, you know, you said it was kind of a slow burn and then it was about... You know, dogs and horses. It's, no, it's it's it's. Is it's, it about it's dogs like a West, or is it about horses? No, it's, no that's just that's just like a metaphor. Is there any dogs in it? Is is it like Benji? Are we talking like no, no? Cujo? There's no dogs. There's no dogs in it. The domineering rancher is kind of he's the dog, like the power of the dog. Um, Do they call him dog? No, they don't call him that. They Do don't they call, call him, him dog that. face. They don't call him dog face. There's no dogs. Um, mm. Dog breath. No, but you. I think you would like it. It's like 1925 Western. It's slow, but you're a film guy. You can handle it. And How uh, long is that, it? It's two, it should be two hours, I think. All right, because I ain't yeah. doing that two and a half, three hours No, no, shit. no, two hours. All right. Two hours. Have you seen any other thing? What else are you eyeballing? What else do you have eyeballs on? What do you mean? Like, what else you got? Your, your, Just your, movie-wise? Yeah, what, what else are you looking forward to come out? There's been a lot of stuff. I mean, I saw this great movie. One of the best movies I saw was um, called Come On, Come On. It's a Mike Mills movie. He did uh, Beginners, 20th Century Women, this th- this movie called Thumbsucker. It's it's a movie called Come On, Come On. It stars Joaquin Phoenix. The great Joaquin Phoenix. He, he's at the point where you say the great Joaquin Phoenix. He's, the great Joaquin he's Phoenix. He's stupid. He's sick. It's, it's, about, it's one of the best movies I've seen this year. It's about Joaquin Phoenix, who's a soft-spoken radio journalist who travels I mean, the country. Tell us, tell us your I am. description of it. No, you're reading something. You don't say, oh, he's a soft-spoken. You don't talk like that. Yeah, I do talk like that. I'm just saying he's a soft-spoken radio journalist, right, who travels the country interviewing a variety of kids about, you know, their thoughts concerning oh, the on, world. Hold on a second. Cut, cut to me. I'm looking up the description on IMDb. I see the same description. Those are not your words. No, I came up. I don't know what you're Use looking at. Use your that's words. The what are you five? Use your words. I am. That's that's the words. I'm just saying that Johnny's saddled with you know caring for his young nephew Jesse. He's and what Jesse with it? brings. He's he's what? Well, Johnny's saddled with caring for his young nephew Jesse, and well, Jesse really brings a new perspective as they travel from state to state. Effectively, turns the emotional tables on Johnny. Okay, so but but you said this Joaquin Phoenix. What is it called? Come on, come on. That's great. I saw the movie Licorice Pizza. Did we talk about that? I don't know if we did. I'll just say I saw King Richard. I liked King Richard. I the saw Will King Smith Richard movie. too. I, I liked King Richard. I didn't love it. I didn't love it either, but it seems like everyone really loves it. I mean, it's a it's a nice Hollywood popcorn flick. It, it's nice. Well, it's a nice film. King Richard is the um the Serena story. and Venus. Serena and Venus's father, who <sighs> Yo, what a story. And that ain't made up. I mean And they produced it, so what a fucking story. And what a what a guy, what a fucking man. And I'm sure he was a motherfucker. But to have that kind of vision, to get done what he got done, and to raise these two incredible girls and this family that loves each other to death, it's definitely worth seeing. The Will Smith movie, uh, King Richard. Uh, not to mention that I did write about it in my soon-to-be New York Times best-selling book. Oh, and it's it's going to be... It's going to it's going to get there at some point. It's going to get there at some point. It's going to get you there. You know what I did with the books, right? When it came out, right? This book has balls. You know what I did with those books? I went to Barnes and Noble and 
I took all of the copies of the This Book Has Balls. Sports Rants from the, the MVP of Talking Trash. New listeners, yep. I have a book out. This Book Has Balls, Sports Rants from the MVP of Talking Trash, Simon & Schuster. I also did the audio book, which I have to say is quite entertaining. Go on. I went to Barnes & Noble when it came out. Preach. They were all on the shelf. And I, I grabbed a handful. I probably grabbed like 10 books. And I walked with these books. I didn't even put them in a basket. I, I walked with these books. I carried them to the front the fuck I'm of Barnes & Noble. What? I said, that's what the fuck I'm talking about. You put them up there in the front where they should have been. I put them on like the new table that's like right at the front, like right. the specialty table, the top selling books. And I put them all in front of all of the books that were the, the best sellers so we can get eyeballs on those. And uh, it's a great book. It is. You know what? I, I don't. Listen, I've done movies that are dog shit. I've done some television shows that are dog shit. I've had some comedy nights that are dog shit. I won't say that I've ever, I don't think I've ever done a podcast that I think is dog shit, to be honest with you. But that book is fucking good. And the chapter about, it's called Venus and Serena kicked all the ass, but Richard is the real MVP. I wrote that three or four years ago. You were on that. You should have been a fucking executive producer. You knew about it. Because my father and I, my father, you know, when they first came out, my father was still playing tennis. My father loves tennis. And and he was on them and on Richard Williams and on the on Serena and, and Venus, Venus and Serena um, from Jump Street. And he was always like, he's always like the father is, he, this guy's a trip. This guy's unbelievable. This guy doesn't take any shit. This guy's, you know, in, in out there in this tennis. Because my father knew very well what the tennis culture was, uh, which was super duper, you know, uppity, white, um, elite. And, and Richard came in there and, and he wasn't placating or pulling punches to anybody. So, I, I, yeah, you know what? You got to watch the film. I would say definitely no, it's watch really, it. It's really good. And he and he and his vision was correct like every step of the way. He Shit. called their careers. Unbelievable. Like, Un it's really good. Unbelievable. Have you been following any of the Jussie Smollett stuff? Oh. <sighs> Have I been following the juicy Jesse Smollett trial? Oh, yeah. Juicy Jesse, what you what you should have did, I've talked about it since it came out. Juicy Jesse, what you should have did, because apparently he admits to being, uh, having drug problems. He admits to doing coke. He admits to smoking uh, marijuana. I believe, allegedly, he admits to being on those Percocets. What you should have did when this was backfiring on you, when your attempt to become... The gay Tupac incarnated. <laughs> yeah. When you staged and financed a hate crime against yourself, when you knew you were losing control of the situation, what you should have did, Juicy Jesse Smollett, was say, yo, I'm addicted to heroin. I'm addicted <laughs> to cocaine. And that night I was whacked out of my tree. I just came from masturbating one or two of these brothers off. I was I was on a, a bender. I was fucked up out of my tree. And I lied, but but the reason why I lied, because I was addicted to drugs. I'm going to Betty Ford Clinic and I am so sincerely sorry. That would have saved your ass. But you're still up there on the stand with your hand on a Bible in front of a judge lying. They didn't attack you. You 
Those two black men didn't put on those fucking MAGA hats, get a fucking piece of rope and be like, the same guy that we were just having jerk-off parties with, sniffing that, that cocaine, that Coca-Cola, possibly uh, shooting that heroin or sniffing that heroin. Oh, now we're going to attack him and fake lynch him and throw fake bleach on him? All the while, this is another little detail, all the while he never dropped his Subway sandwich. Did he not? He made it back to the crib with the Subway sandwich. So after you got these two cock diesel Nigerian brothers who were probably hopped up on that, them Grace guys, they fuck you up. Literally, not figuratively. They try to lynch you. They throw bleach on you. You still, and it's one degrees below zero. You still make it back to the crib with your Subway sandwich? How fucking dumb do you think the world is? I am telling you, the only way he could have saved himself was to be like, yo, I'm a drug addict. I wanted to be the gay Tupac. Now I realize I'm just a, I'm just a drug addict, and I apologize. And this would all went away. But, dude, I know people who do cocaine, and I know people who have done that, and they don't— they don't start race wars. Like they don't just go, Oh my God, I was so fucked up on Coke. Like I accidentally started a race war. I, 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 and I'm the gay Tupac. Staged, and they, I don't know anyone that's called themselves the gay Tupac. And I want to know what subway he ordered. Like, I want to know what the sandwich was. No one's talking about what the sandwich was. Like, was it a six inch? Was it a foot long? Did you get Turkey and provolone? Did you get a meatball sub? Like nobody seems to be asking the real hard hitting questions. And that's something that I want to know. And also what would bleach like what would that have done? Cause I've spilled bleach on my hand before and it's done nothing. Like I'm white as can be. And it doesn't really no, affect bleach me. Could like, fuck what? your skin up. It could, fu it could fuck. Could it, it? it could also blind you. Oh, but I didn't, didn't realize have it bleach. Could blind you. you had fucking Evian water. Yeah, you're, but, but you're back like to your really... question there. Back to your question. Who, who's the interviewer? Interview? What's Oprah's girl's name? Dave, oh, what's, what's what's her name? What's her name? Robin. 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 Uh, Not Robin, Robin. Quivers. Gail. Gail King. You just got big dicked by my guy Dean Collins. You had the opportunity. <laughs> he did. You had the opportunity to ask the hard hitting questions, except for the most important one, Juicy Jesse. What what did you order from Subway that night that night that got you out of the house at 2:30 in the morning in the most cold night of 2019? What what, what were you craving? Because that would have solved the whole case. That would have solved the whole case and you think about Subway might have been like, "Yo, we're no longer calling this the foot long ham and cheese. We're no longer calling this the the chicken parm. We're calling this the juicy Jesse Smollett sandwich." They could have capitalized on it, man. And, and, he and you know what? They really could have. And I was also reading that some people on, on Twitter, because there's incredible jokes and memes on Twitter, but someone was saying this is the first time that an American has ever scammed a Nigerian. But I'm bummed. And I, I love that. And you know what? I was really looking forward to seeing Juicy Jussie because he, after all this happened, he went up on stage at the, at the Troubadour, at the world-famous Troubadour in Los Angeles, and said he was the gay Tupac. I would have loved to see a world tour. I would have loved to see... I would have been at one of those shows. Like I would have bought tickets like I would the Strokes to go see him. He's still up there talking shit. Where's the suspects, Juicy Jesse Smollett? Or was it the two Nigerian brothers? It, it, are, like, are you conceding? No, it was them. Is he saying that it was them? 
I don't really know. Because or is they it got two the- white guys? Because also, they were wearing ski masks with holes. I don't care if you got ski masks with holes. You're going to see that it's the two black dudes that you were just in the jerk-off in, in, in the bathhouse. With. These are his words. He said they were having a masturbation party. You, you're going to know that's like, oh, yo, I just saw you. You just had, you were just cock. You were just, what was the term I used so eloquently a few weeks ago? Um... Cock naked. Me and you were just cock naked in the bathhouse on Percocets and Heron. And now you're beating me up? Maybe it was some BDSM shit. Like, put the ski mask on, beat me up. Like, we were just at the bathhouse doing some kinky shit. You should have said that. It got out of control. I lost my mind. I I got scared. It got a little too rough. I was on those gray skies, uh, that Heron. And I'm sorry. He should have did that week two. And went to fucking Betty Ford. You didn't do that. And you're still up there talking that dumb shit. You are still up there talking that. Where's the suspects? The biggest disappointment in this entire case is that there's not a camera in that courtroom. I would have loved to see. Why 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 are we not not seeing a camera in that courtroom? Why is there not a camera in the the Gaylene Maxwell? Why do we just get to see fucking Rittenhouse and these other trials? Like, Like court TV. Are they out of business? Yeah, we'd have the whole world stop looking at this, like the OJ trial. I mean, people want to see these things on television. People would love to see Juicy Jesse up there talking that goofy shit. I would have loved, if I was the prosecuting attorney, I'd be like, what made you think that you were the guy to be the gay Tupac? Because, right. you know, at the time I was like, that ain't a bad moniker. Now, now no one else can call themselves the gay Tupac because you've stained that yeah. title and you stained... Tupac uh, Shakur Machiavelli. Like, you put that stink on Tupac. Like <laughs> He's like, leave my fucking name out of this, man. Leave my name out of this. And I'm sure there's some other young artist who's probably like, yo, I'm the fucking gay Tupac. And now I can't call myself the gay Tupac because this fucking asshole has claimed that he's the gay Tupac and nobody wants to be associated with the gay Tupac. He ruined it for everybody, this piece of shit. Fucking Juicy Jussie. Juicy well, hopefully Jussie. Juicy Jussie gets some justice. <laughs> You th- yeah, justice for Juicy Jesse Smollett. <laughs> All right, listen. Anyway. It's that time again. I know the listener. Listen. I know the listeners are probably like, fuck, you got to stop. It's museum quality. Yeah, we, we got to stop. <laughs> uh, I don't do... Po- this is an hour, 55, 50 minutes. 25 DMs saying that you want the young shooter to rock, rock that tuxedo. And tell a friend to tell a friend. You're listening to it. Share it with a friend. Whether you're listening on Spotify, whether you're listening on iTunes, whether you're watching on YouTube, tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Because again, I've said I've been in shit movies. I've said I've done some shit TV shows. I've never done a shit podcast. And this, I mean, Dave, you see Dave. Dave sees all sorts of shit. Dave, I'm sure sometimes you're ready to fall asleep back there. Am I, am I bullshitting you, Dave? Dave fucking knows. Anyway, Dean, appreciate it. You raised the level of the podcast. We want to see you, man. We, we, we want to see you uh, in that tuxedo. And we just wish you well. I'll be out in Los Angeles soon. I'll be in Rochester this weekend. I'll be in Rhode Island next weekend. I'll be in Denver the first week of... January, and then I got plenty of places to go February, March, April, May, and so on and so on. All tickets, all information is available at michaelrappaportcomedy.com. 
we came, we saw, we disrupted. Despite the fact that, you know, we started off a little rocky, Dean. I didn't know we were recording. I would have never said, I would have never told people that I just got out of bed. Like, I was on a hike this morning at 7 a.m. I was on that Kobe, but you had to fucking... Where did you go? Where'd you hike this morning? We could just end the podcast however you were just going to end it. All right. Miles Jordan, a.k.a. the Bleach Brothers, a.k.a. the Dust Brothers. Take me out of here with something real nice, yes. Take me out of here with something real proper. Uh, but most importantly, end this puppy with something real loud and something real funky. I am Rappaport Stereo Pockets. I'm out.